98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines, a senior government IT official has said he finds it strange that the Leave Home Safe app has a facial recognition function. He says it will be removed. Restaurants across Hong Kong have seen a surge in booking since the chief executive's announcement that from tomorrow, restaurants will be allowed to seat up to eight customers per table. And COVID infections have continued to edge down in Shanghai with just under 5,000 cases logged yesterday. That's down by about 600 on the previous day. A senior government IT official has said he finds it strange that the Leave Home Safe app has a facial recognition function, but insisted it has never been activated. Following a report by local news agency Factwire yesterday, the government's IT arm admitted that the Android version of the app is capable of facial recognition and that the iPhone version probably is too. Speaking on commercial radio, IT official Tony Wong said the government had never requested the function. He said his office had followed up with the contractor and learned that the app had been developed with facial recognition as an available function. He added that a forthcoming update would remove it. We have reason to believe phones on different operating systems are also equipped with a similar code to operate a camera. We have asked the contractor to check the codes in the module thoroughly to find out and remove those that are not needed. However, since there are some 7 million people using the app every day, we should not affect the normal operation of the mobile app as we remove the function. Restaurants across Hong Kong have seen a surge in bookings since the chief executive's announcement that from tomorrow, restaurants will be allowed to seat up to eight customers per table. One industry boss welcomed the easing of restrictions from tomorrow, but said people in the trade are confused by some of the rules. James Robertson, whose company owns a number of restaurants and bars, told RTHK's COVID update program he couldn't understand why restaurants could seat eight customers at a table while only four people could be seated at bars when they reopen next week. He also questioned why bars would be able to serve until 2 in the morning while restaurants will still have to close at midnight. The bars are opening from scratch. A lot of them won't open at all because they've closed. All these regulations, they're just so confusing and so complicated. And why can't they? Shouldn't they all be at the same hours? The government has announced that the planned reopening of swimming pools will be delayed by a week for cleaning work. The Leisure and Cultural Services Department said in a statement published last night that they will reopen the city's 38 swimming pools in two phases from May the 12th and the 16th and not tomorrow, as previously announced. 14 pools will reopen next week, and the remaining 24, including the Kowloon Park swimming pool, will reopen the week after. Beaches will reopen as planned tomorrow, but lifeguard services will be provided daily at only 15 beaches, including Repulse Bay, Sheko, and Clearwater Bay. Medical experts have said the government's plan to further ease COVID rules is safe as infections drop and more people get vaccinated. Speaking on a radio program, an advisor on the government's coronavirus strategy, David Hoy, said the introduction of the vaccine pass has lowered the infection risks of people dining out, adding that many restaurants have improved their ventilation by installing high-efficiency air purifiers. Microbiologist Hopak Leung from the University of Hong Kong agreed that the relaxation would probably not have a big impact on the city's epidemic situation. He said the city is lagging behind other places in terms of bringing life back to normal. 
其實都要急起直追啦。咁都希望。We should catch up, and I hope the new government will do better in terms of boosting vaccination and putting in place targeted anti-epidemic measures so life can return to normal sooner. We should catch up, and I hope the new government will do better in terms of boosting vaccination and putting in place targeted anti-epidemic measures. COVID infections have continued to edge down in Shanghai, with just under 5,000 cases logged yesterday. That's down by about 600 on the previous day. 16 COVID patients died, down from a 20 a day earlier. Zhao Dandan, deputy head of the city's health commission, said control measures are proving effective as more people have come out of lockdown. However, he said employees would have to stay in their workplaces under a system known as closed-loop management. Workers of different shifts are to have no contact, and they should avoid going out to prevent cross-infection. There should be staggered meal times. Workers should not congregate or have meals together. Turning overseas now, the governor of the U.S. state of Oklahoma, Kevin Stitt, has signed a new law banning abortions from the point when a heartbeat can be detected in a fetus. The Oklahoma Heartbeat Act, in effect, bans abortions after six weeks of gestation. Mr. Stitt spoke as he signed the legislation. We want Oklahoma to be the most pro-life state in the country. Uh, We want to outlaw abortion in the state of Oklahoma. Earlier, the uh, the U.S. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer said he plans to hold a vote as early as next week on enshrining the right to an abortion into federal law. That follows the leaking of a draft Supreme Court ruling showing that the justices plan to scrap the nationwide legal right to terminate a pregnancy. Mr. Schumer said it would be a crucial vote. A vote on this legislation is no longer an abstract exercise. This is as urgent and as real as it gets. We will vote to protect a woman's right to choose, and every American is going to see which side every senator stands on. The prospect of the Supreme Court overturning women's guaranteed right to an abortion established in the landmark Roe v. Wade ruling of 1973 has reignited deep divisions in U.S. society. If the court overturns the ruling, many states could move to ban abortion altogether. The Russian military has intensified bombardment of a besieged Ukrainian steelworks after the first civilians to be evacuated from the site made it to safety. The United Nations says 101 people were picked up from the Azovstal plant in Mariupol, where they'd spent weeks underground in desperate conditions. Most have now been taken to the Ukrainian city of Zaporizhia. The mayor of Mariupol, Vadim Bochenko, said many civilians were still desperate to leave the city. Many people are still there, innocent civilians, residents of Mariupol, who'll be waiting for a long time to be evacuated, and they pray to be evacuated. And it's not always possible for it to take place. We have to engage our international partners, international expertise. You know, 100,000 local people are still awaiting evacuation from Mariupol. Donald Trump's hold over the Republican Party has first passed its first big test in the state of Ohio when the candidate he backed won the party's nomination for November's Senate race. The author and former Trump critic J.D. Vance had been trailing the other candidates before Mr. Trump's endorsement three weeks ago. He'll face veteran Democrat Tim Ryan in November's election to fill the seat being vacated by retiring Republican Rob Portman. Mr. Vance spoke to supporters in Cincinnati. 
Do we want a Republican Party that stands for the donors who write checks to the Club for Growth, or do we want a Republican Party for the people right here in Ohio? Ladies and gentlemen, we just answer the question. Brazil's electoral court has withdrawn an invitation to the European Union to send delegates to observe the country's general elections in October. The announcement comes after President Bolsonaro complained, saying that Brazil was not a member of the EU and shouldn't be subjected to their assessment. The world's richest man and new owner of Twitter, Elon Musk, has said that the platform will remain free for personal users. However, the tycoon said in a tweet that there would be a small charge for commercial and government users. Last week, Twitter's board of directors agreed to a $44 billion takeover offer from Mr. Musk. He said Twitter had tremendous potential and he would unlock it. An anti-royalist punk rock anthem is being re-released to coincide with Queen Elizabeth's Platinum Jubilee next month. God Save the Queen by the Sex Pistols caused a scandal when it first appeared in 1977. The BBC's Mark Savage has this report. You wouldn't have heard this in 1977. Back then, the BBC and commercial radio stations all refused to play God Save the Queen, and many record stores wouldn't stock the single. Despite that, it reached number two in the charts, and now it has another shot at the top, with thousands of vinyl copies being reissued for the Platinum Jubilee. This time, it's unlikely to cause the same sort of uproar. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,825. That's 278 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $41 billion. In currencies, one U.S. dollar will buy you 130.10 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and five cents. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 79 cents. And not a sport in football. Liverpool booked their place in the Champions League final after beating Villarreal 3-2 in Spain, 5-2 on aggregate. The BBC's Ian Dennis has details. Well, Jurgen Klopp anticipated his side might suffer, but he said it's how they react. Well, after a first half, which was certainly uncomfortable, second best to Villarreal, they passed that test in the second half. Liverpool were unsettled, they'd lack rhythm. They were hustled by a Villarreal side who made an excellent start with Diaz goal after just three minutes. Liverpool couldn't retain the ball. Villarreal were causing problems. Coquelin's header made it two to level the tie four minutes before half-time. But Liverpool looked much more like themselves in the second half. Alexander-Arnold's deflected shot looped onto the crossbar and the introduction at half-time of Luis Diaz certainly made a difference as Liverpool restored their control. Fabinho's low shot scored their crucial first first goal, Diaz went close before he then headed in the second, five minutes later, and when Ruli, the goalkeeper, roamed out of his penalty area, Mane rolled in a third goal to secure Liverpool's third Champions League final appearance in five years. Tonight, Manchester City take a 4-3 advantage into their semi-final second leg against Real Madrid at the Bernabeu. Both sides were praised in the first match for an opening for an open attacking display. City boss Pep Guardiola was asked if the teams will take the same approach in the, tonight's game. The game of the past is the past, so it's another game. We know it is 180 minutes, two legs. What happened is happened. We take a good point, so we talk about what things we have done to try to do it again, and some of them we have to to do it better. And yeah. We, we we go there for for that, and, and I think everyone is ready to you know to try to do it. This you know the end of the season. 
Bournemouth will be playing top-flight English Premier League football next season. They've gained automatic promotion from the second-tier championship with one game to go. That's after a 1-0 win over Nottingham Forest, thanks to a second-half goal from Kiefer Moore. The WNBA has announced that star center Brittany Griner's name and number will appear on all 12 courts throughout this season. The Phoenix Mercury player has been held in Russia since February for allegedly possessing illegal drugs. The U.S. government says she's been wrongfully detained. Joe Neeson from the Athletic Sports News website says the league's decision comes as public support in the U.S. grows to help the player. Griner's case, sort of the logistics of how the U.S. government is treating it changed a couple weeks ago, and they've basically decided that now the, the strategy has changed from the government and Griner's family urging people to remain somewhat quiet about the situation in order for Russia not to feel influenced by criticism, um, to now there is, I think, less of a push from Griner's family for you know, the media teammates at WNBA to stay quiet, and there is more, I think it's more accepted to speak out in a bit of protest against the situation. I think that's sort of where this motion by the WNBA comes into play. In the NBA playoffs, the Boston Celtics even their second-round series with one apiece against the Milwaukee Bucks with a 109-86 win. Jalen Brown top-scored for Boston with 30 points, while Jason Tatum had 29. The Memphis Grizzlies also leveled their series with the Golden State Warriors as 47 points from Ja Morant saw them run out 106 to 101 winners. On the ice, top ranked Florida Panthers opened their postseason campaign with a 4 2 home loss against the Washington Capitals. The Pittsburgh Penguins scored deep into the third overtime to, de- to defeat New York Rangers 4 3. Meanwhile, the Colorado Aval- Avalanche slammed the Nashville Predators 7 2, and the Calgary Flames were leading against Dallas Stars a short while ago. And finally, in sport, Auctioneers of what's known as the Hand of God shirt worn by the Argentine footballing legend Diego Maradona in the 1986 World Cup say online bidding means it's already met its reserve price. The blue football top goes up for formal auction later today, but any successful bidder will now have to pay more than six million U.S. dollars to buy it. The BBC's Nikki Cardwell has more detail. It's probably one of the most painful moments in English footballing history. Diego Maradona leapt into the air to beat Peter Shilton to the ball and scored what he later dubbed his Hand of God goal. Maradona gives Argentina the lead. After the match, he swapped shirts with the England midfielder Steve Hodge, who after 35 years has decided to sell. It'll be a record price for a sports shirt sold anywhere around the world. The temperature is 28, the humidity is 50%, and that's your news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Sadia Osmani. On the show today, another exciting opportunity to dive into JJ's music box after 1.30. And this week, Jayang Javari pulls out another legendary male vocalist as we travel to Egypt and meet Muhammad Abdul Wahab, who was best known for his romantic and patriotic songs. And after 2 p.m., Cruz McCalligan is here for her weekly audio column. And this week, she's talking about what it means to be a slob. Hmm, that's quite interesting, isn't it? And it's National Star Wars Day today, so may the 4th be with you. And I look at some of those interesting facts and figures related to the Star Wars media franchise. So that's all going on between now and 3 p.m. And I know you're going to keep me company. Here's Cliff Richard and Devil Woman. <laughs> 